Hello, and welcome to the River of Life podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. You try to preach after that. Good gracious. Thank you, thank you. That's Ignite uh, here at River of Life. I'd like for you to open your Bibles to Matthew, the 28th chapter. We'll read verses 5 through 8 as we continue in the celebration of our risen Lord and Savior. Matthew 28, 5 through 8. While you're turning and finding your place in, in your Bible, one mother in our church was telling me about a conversation she had with her young son after an Easter Sunday morning service. She looked at him and asked him if he understood the significance of the Easter celebration. He told her he did. She then asked him, do you understand the supernatural part of Easter? He said, yes, Mom. Of course I do. Everybody does. She was a little taken back by his confidence, and she said, okay, what is it? He said, and I quote, then he said, Mom, if he was born at Christmas and was full-grown by Easter, of course it had to be supernatural. <laughs> she knew she had some work to do. And he may have been a little bit off. But I'll tell you, friends, everything about Easter is miraculous. It is the miracle of miracles. It is the miraculous event that validated everything else Jesus said and did. On that first Easter morning, as day was breaking, two women went out to the tomb to visit. And the Bible tells us that they were shocked. They were taken by surprise. When they got to the tomb, the stone had been rolled away. The entrance to the tomb was wide open. But above and beyond that, they saw standing there at that tomb an angel of the Lord. An angel, a bright, shining, glorious angel of God. And that's where we pick up in our text. I'll read from Matthew 28, 5 through 8. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb, which means they were in the tomb. They actually went in. So they went out quickly from the tomb 
with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. Now, friends, what a great invitation we find in this text. The angel said, come and see. Come and see for yourself. Come and enter the tomb and see the place where the Lord lay. Come and see that he is not here. Come and see that he is risen. Now, for those of you who have studied the Bible for very long, you know that this is not an uncommon invitation. In fact, all through the Bible, we find this invitation to come to him, to come and see for ourselves, to come and be changed, to come and be filled, to come and be touched by God, to come into his embrace, to come and walk with him. These are just a, a, a few of my favorite. Revelation twenty two seventeen says, and the Spirit and the bride say, come. By the way, the Spirit is the Holy Spirit. The bride is the church. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. This is a, a great invitation of God. And by the way, this is how broad this invitation is. Whoever desires... Let him take the water of life freely. Isaiah the prophet, the 8th century prophet, said this in Isaiah 118. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. These are the words of the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. You see, friends, this invitation to come and see, to come and be touched, to come and be changed, to come and have your life radically transformed, is not just for a chosen few. It's for whosoever will. It's whoever desires. It's even for those whose sins are like scarlet, those who are completely sin-stained. The invitation is to everyone, no matter who you are, to come to the Lord and be changed. This is one of my favorite ones. Psalm 66, 5 says, Come and see what our God has done. What awesome miracles he performs for people. Our God is an amazing God. And he's always inviting us to come and see his amazing work. To see what he's doing. To see what he's up to. For us to take note. For us to pay attention. For us to behold the wonderful works of God. And then the last one I'll share with you is Matthew eleven twenty eight. And how wonderful this is. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'll tell you, all through this Bible, God has his arms wide open. God's saying, I love you. God's saying, I want you to come to me. I want you to leave wherever you are and whatever you're doing and whatever holds your attention I want you to leave where you are and I want you to come to me so that I can love you, so that I can help you, so that I can change you, so that I can save you, so that I can make a difference in your life. Now, back to our text. These two women came to the tomb. Stone rolled away. The angel's there. 
notice that the angel did not just use them as messengers. The angel didn't just say to them, go tell his disciples. The angel said, before you go and tell them, first come and see for yourself. Come and enter the tomb. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. Come and experience it for yourself. And then believing, seeing, understanding, and believing. And with that belief in your heart, go tell my disciples. Friends, I stand before you today to tell you that seeing for yourself and believing for yourself is all important. You see, friends, it is the foundation of the Christian faith to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Take away the resurrection and you have nothing. Take away the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and this whole Bible is an empty shell and it means nothing. You have to have the resurrection. It's the one thing that validates everything else in the Bible. here's, Here's what the scripture says. This is strong language right here. 1 Corinthians 15, 17 through 19. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most, what? Pitiable. One translation says we are of all men most miserable. Friends, I want to tell you something. If Jesus Christ did not get up and walk out of that tomb that day, if he didn't come out alive, then throw your Bible away. It's not worth anything. It's a book full of lies. But if he did get up and walk out of that tomb alive, if he is the risen Lord of lords and King of kings, then I stand before you to tell you today that we stand on this truth that validates everything else in Scripture. And you can believe it all. It's the Word of God. And I'll tell you something else. Easter is the key that unlocks the door to the Christian faith. You may not be aware of this today, but did you know that you can't even be saved? You can't even become a Christian unless you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Now these are prerequisites to salvation. Listen carefully. This might make a difference in somebody's life. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're not telling others that you're a Christian, more than likely you are not. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You see, it is that belief, it is that belief that God raised him from the dead that seals the deal. I believe with all of my heart in the virgin birth, O holy night. I believe Jesus was the spotless sinless Son of God, amazing and wonderful truth. I believe that he willingly went to a cruel cross and died for my sins and for your sins, and a thousand hallelujahs are in order. 
but stop right there and there is no salvation. There is no salvation if you stop there. You have to take one more step. You have to believe that three days after his tortured, pierced, crucified, dead body was placed in the tomb, that three days after he was placed there, that the Father said, it's not finished, and we don't know his exact words, but I like what we heard just a moment ago. The Father said, arise, my love. And Jesus got up and walked out of that tomb, and you have to believe that. You have to believe that death couldn't hold him, that the grave couldn't conquer him. You have to believe that the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings got up and walked out of that tomb alive. You have to believe that up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints to reign. Oh, he arose. He arose. Hallelujah. Christ arose. Wow. You see, friends, that is the fundamental truth that transforms all of us. It is believing in the resurrection of of Jesus Christ that brings that resurrection power into our lives that miraculously and wonderfully and gloriously changes us. You know it's what transformed the disciples, don't you? It was the knowledge of the resurrection that transformed them. You see, even after they had walked with the Lord Jesus Christ for three years, personally, intimately, day and night, they were with him, but that was not enough. Before the resurrection, they were scared to death. Before the resurrection, they were denying him. Before the resurrection, they were running and hiding. Before the resurrection, they were cowering down. But all friends... After they saw him alive. After they saw him alive. Oh, it changed everything. Do you understand? It transformed them completely. They were no longer afraid of the enemy. They were no longer afraid to stand up for what they believed in. They were not afraid of being put in jail. They were not afraid of the Romans. They were not afraid of the Jews. They were not afraid of being beaten. They were not afraid of anything this world could do. In fact, they were not even afraid of death. You know why? Because they knew if they died, they would rise again just like their Savior. And I don't tell you, armed with that knowledge and that belief, They couldn't be stopped. They couldn't be. Nothing could stop them. And nothing did stop them. Eleven disciples. Think about this. Eleven disciples changed the world. Eleven men empowered with the knowledge of a risen Savior and Lord took this world by storm. And today, right now, today... By the way, let me throw this in. You may need to stop believing everything you hear on the evening news. Today, right now, Christianity is the largest movement in the world. 
And you and I are a part of the greatest celebration on earth right now. We have 2.2 billion Christians in the world today. And some of you need to hear this because you've been watching too much of the news. We have 2.2 billion Christians in the world today. There are 600 million. Listen to the numbers now. You can look them up for yourself. There are 600 million more Christians in the world than Muslims. But the reason most of us are not aware of this wonderful truth is because Christians are humble people of faith. You see, when a Christian meets somebody that does not believe like they believe, a Christian doesn't want to kill them. A Christian doesn't want to destroy them. A Christian doesn't want to take their life. In fact, just the opposite. A Christian wants to take that person who doesn't believe like them and introduce them to the one who gave them life. That's what a Christian wants to do. Christians are not warmongers filled with hate showing up on the evening news every night. Friends, all around this world, this is no exaggeration, all around this world, there are faithful, dedicated Christians who are praying every day and trusting every day and walking with Jesus every day and you will never hear anything about them on the evening news. Do you know why? Because loving the Lord and loving people and helping people and living good, healthy, decent, wholesome lives is not newsworthy. It's not newsworthy. At least in this world it's not. I bet it is in heaven. Maybe it's on the evening news in heaven. But you won't hear about it. You won't see it. What I'm trying to tell you, friends, if you are a child of God, stop worrying. Don't be deceived. God has a plan. It's still in force. God has a people. The kingdom of God is still on track. One day, our blessed Lord and Savior will prevail. And one glorious hallelujah day, that same Jesus that got up and walked out of that tomb alive will rule and reign in this world and all the enemies of Christianity won't be able to stop Him. In fact, they've never been able to stop Him. Never. You can't stop Christianity. You can't stop it. Emperors have tried to destroy it. Philosophies have tried to stamp it out. Tyrants have tried to wash it from the face of the earth with the very blood of those who claimed it, yet still it stands. And there shall come that final day when every voice that has ever uttered a sound, every voice of Adam's race shall be raised in one great mighty chorus to proclaim the name of Jesus. For in that day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Oh, friends. Well, I'm about to get excited up here. The very fact that you're sitting in this service today is a testimony that Christianity can't be stopped. By the way, child of God, if you just have to listen to the secular news, 
you might want to mark this verse in your Bible. It'll calm your fears a little bit. Psalm 66, 7. For by his great power, he rules forever. Notice now, do you believe the book? We say we do. He watches every movement of the nations. Let no rebel rise in defiance. That's a comforting verse, isn't it? Now back to you and me. To really, 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 really believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it changes everything. It's a game changer. In fact, maybe that doesn't even do it justice. It's a whole new ball game. It changes who we are inside. It changes our outlook on life, on living, on eternity, on the miraculous. You understand that if He can raise the dead, He can resurrect a defeated, discouraged life. I guarantee you there's somebody in this house today who's defeated and discouraged. Oh, friends, the answer to your discouragement is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If if He can raise the dead, He can raise you up and out of the bondage of sin. If He can raise the dead, He can resurrect a dead marriage. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. If He can raise the dead, He can resurrect a failing business. Oh, friends, if He can raise the dead, if you can believe that, you won't have any problem believing anything else this Bible says that God can do. If He can raise the dead, He can make a way where there is no way. If He can raise the dead, He can heal. He can restore. He can breathe life back into a hopeless situation. Oh, friends... We could go on and on with this, couldn't we? Oh, if he can raise the dead, if it is true, if Jesus got up and walked out of that tomb alive, then that leaves us with only one obvious conclusion. Nothing is impossible. With God, you got to say it with me. Nothing is impossible with God. Oh, it's, it's all over the Bible. Listen to this. For with God, nothing will be impossible, Luke one thirty seven. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes, Mark 9.23. A grandmother called me on her cell phone between Tallahassee and Gainesville. She was crying when she called me. She said, my little grandchild has a mass in the chest area. Tallahassee took one look at it and they said, this is way beyond us. This is too severe for us. And shipped them immediately to Shan's hospital. That grandmother was weeping and she said, Pastor, we need to pray. I said, absolutely. And so we began to pray. 
And even though it was over the phone, it was not quick. Man, we spent some time praying, calling on the name of the Lord, quoting Scripture, claiming the promises of God. And we prayed. This was our prayer. It was a specific prayer. By the way, I, it's all, I'm not saying it's wrong to pray in a general fashion, but if you'll get real specific with your praying, you'll give God a better opportunity to glorify Himself. See, if you get specific and God does it, then it just points straight at Him. And so this is how we prayed. We said, Lord, we're asking for a miracle of healing before the child reaches Shan's hospital that their healing will come by that time. Later that day she called me, but she was not crying. She was laughing and shouting. This is what she said. She said, Pastor, we got here. They brought us in. Immediately they did x-rays. Nothing showed up. They did some more x-rays. Nothing showed up. They did some more x-rays. Nothing showed up. And then they said to us, We have no idea why Tallahassee sent you our way. There's nothing wrong with this child. Go home. Go home. And the same day they went, they came back. Medical mistake or miracle of God? Which one? Isn't it time we start believing again? An older teenage girl had a horrible skin disease. And she'd had it for five years. The doctors and all the medication, nothing helped. She was embarrassed to go out in public. She and her mom came to a meeting And they came forward for prayer. Hands were laid upon her. And they prayed and wept. And then that prayer session was directed by the Holy Spirit into a time of deep repentance. And by the way, God is not a microwave God that you can just pick and choose what you want and say, God, take care of this. It moved into a time of deep repentance and then there was there was deep repentance with weeping and then it was over and she and her mom went home five days later the mother went in to wake her up the moment the mother looked at her she could not believe her eyes she said honey quick get up go look in the mirror Go look in the mirror. She jumped up. She looked in the mirror. When she looked in the mirror, she screamed. There was not a blemish on her face or on her arms or anywhere. Her skin was like the skin of a baby. I saw her. I'm an eyewitness. I saw her before and I saw her after. Oh, friends, it was amazing. Did it just go away on its own? Or was it a supernatural touch from heaven? Which one? Isn't it time we start believing again? I'm telling you, our Bible from beginning to end is an invitation from God for us to come to Him and experience Him. And I'm not saying we get every prayer answered exactly the way we want it. And I'm not saying that God removes every problem. I am telling you this, though that when you have faith In God, you believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the resurrection. It changes everything. It'll either remove the problem or give you the strength and the commitment and the power to walk through it. But whatever happens, you will have the victory. A young man and his wife were thrilled 
they had received that day, it was a Wednesday, they had received that day a check in the mail for $3,000. It was a tax refund. Somebody down here said, oh my. <laughs> it was a tax refund check, $3,000. Now that would be enough to cause you to get excited, but this check was more than just that. You see, they had been praying They had been praying for God to bless them with a certain amount of money so they'd have enough money to put a down payment on a piece of property they found and wanted to buy. And God had blessed them. They came to church that night. They were so excited. I I remember where they knelt. They both came to the altar and got on their knees right here to thank God for the wonderful blessing that he had given them. Oh, they were thrilled. But something unexpected happened while they were on their knees at the altar. The Holy Spirit began to talk to them. And the Holy Spirit said to them, there's another family that needs this money more than you. And the Holy Spirit said, I want you to give this money to that family. They told me they wrestled with it for just a moment, but the Spirit was leading and it was so strong that they obeyed immediately. And before the night was over, they had given the $3,000 away and said, oh, well. Three days. There's something about three days. Three days. They went to the post office, opened the box, and there was a check in the mail for $10,000 from an insurance company, and they had no idea it was coming. They came to church on Sunday. I got to stand right by them. They stood right here, and they held a $10,000 check up and testified about the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Happenstance? Just an amazing coincidence? Or a faithful God blessing an obedient child? Which one? Isn't it time we start believing again? A preacher who who loved the subject of angels. He was fascinated with angels. And throughout his whole ministry, he was always preaching on angels. Every chance he got. It was just something that intrigued him. And he became ill. And his health started failing. And he started going down quickly. And when it became obvious that his time was drawing near, one of his daughters said to him, Dad, I've heard you preach my whole life about angels. Dad, if you see an angel, will you tell me? He just smiled and said, okay. If I see an angel, I'll tell you. And uh, about three days went by. His condition worsened. She was at his bedside holding his hand. His breathing was labored. And then she said it was like he was startled. And then he opened his eyes and stared as if it were out into space. And then she said, that he turned his head and looked straight at her. He only said one word. He said, angels. And then he closed his eyes. And he never took another breath. Never took another breath. I was at the funeral. (laughs) 
You talk about a celebration. I was there. Was he delusional? Or was there a divine moment of revelation of a world that he was about to enter? Which one? You see, you and I always get to choose, but I'm asking you today, isn't it time that we start really believing again? Isn't it time that we start believing that our blessed Lord and Savior got up and walked out of that tomb alive? And that in believing that, we can believe that our God is able to do anything He chooses to do. That He's a mighty God. I am so thankful today. I am so thankful that people are still accepting the great invitation of God to come and see for themselves, to come and experience the things of God And people are still getting saved and changed. I'd like every person in the house who came to be baptized today to just stand. You're going to be the only one standing. I want you to stand and go to the back and get ready for baptism. These people have received the call. The great invitation. As they're getting ready to be baptized... I want to ask you this morning. Is God speaking to your heart? Thank you again for listening to this CD from River of Life Church. If this message has... Thank you again for listening to River of Life Podcast. If this message has touched you today, or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email at info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for more information and directions.